hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, and I am streaming live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and super excited to be here. Nice weather, although it was a great thunderstorm last night. It woke me up. I love I love thunderstorms, love hearing them. Didn't get up to watch it, but it was a, it was a beautiful sound. So um, today I'm excited. You do not want to miss out on this. I'm excited to have Carl Lambert back on our podcast. He's been on our podcast a few times, um, and it's always a pleasure to have him on. He is the director of uh, Pacific Northwest Health and Wellness, and they just recently added a new modality um, called the MCG machine, and it basically looks at um, cardiac markers um, to show your risk of, of cardiovascular disease and possible heart attack and stroke, I believe. I hope I'm not talking out of term because uh, if I am, though, Carl will correct me. Um, Carl's going to share his results. It's uh, really changed his life over the last few months. He'll share that story. He'll share some patient stories, and he'll also share um, what he's been finding uh, on patients that has been going around a lot lately in the news about myocarditis um, being caused from um, COVID and COVID vaccines. So uh, we will be sharing those stories. And Carl, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks, Sean. Uh, live from uh, Wenatchee, Washington, and great, great to see you. Awesome, awesome. So tell us a little bit about about this machine first, and we'll get into your story. Okay. So the multifunction cardiogram, uh, you know, for me, when I first heard about it, I, I was uh, listening to, actually, I was reading a Steve Kirsch podcast uh, or uh, a Substack article. He brings this uh, machine up in one of his articles, and it was one of those aha moments as I'm reading the research behind it and, and how robust the, re, the development of it since, I think, 1995 when Dr. Shen started developing this machine and, and the, the needed computer uh, technique to kind of de detect and determine if someone's going to have a heart attack and how to prevent it. It got approved in 2012. Finally, in this past year, it's making the light of day. And uh, so far, we've been using it, and it has been definitely compelling uh, for me personally as well as uh, for so many of my patients. Well, that's awesome to hear. And tell us about personally, what did you find out about, what was it, about eight weeks ago when you did your first test? Uh, it was, uh, one of my patients said to me, you remember the date? I go, oh yeah, February 24th. It was uh, an aha moment. It was uh, definitely uh, uh, when I had uh, my own testing done. Uh, I'll be honest, I kind of went through the all the things of grief. I was so pissed. I, I went home and ate a package of cookies. Um I was just like, no, this can't be me. Uh, I remember if we look, if if I look back through our text, I remember you text me that day and you were, I could just tell via text that you were very depressed and, and, I, and I get it. And you can share your, some family history that you have also. So go ahead with your story. Yeah, ab absolutely. So went home next day, got up and said, okay, you know, I'm seeing some of the, uh, seeing some of the things that are related to my family history on this whole profile. So uh, you know, I can share that, but uh, made that decision the next day, started fasting, started doing everything that uh, really Dr. Rybakov, Olga Rybakov uh, recommended, and Dr. Sam Fellingain, who is the director of this whole program nationwide. And let me just briefly tell you about Dr. Sam Fellingain. Uh, he has a practice in Texas where the heart attack rate with his patients 
is 1.2 per year. The national average per practitioner is 7.3. That's wow. a statistical difference. Um, yeah. So I'm listening to him and I'm going, okay, I'm all ears. I've got this report in front of me. I can't deny it. I've got my family history. Can't deny that. Uh, and my family history is basically my dad, uh, Widowmaker Artery, took him out and almost took my brother, who's 10 years younger, almost took him out as well. And that's what was showing up really on this uh, multifunction cardiogram. Wow. So you decided to make some lifestyle changes and then you just got rechecked a few days ago, correct? Just a few days ago. So it was a total of about 15. I looked at my exercise tracker, uh, 15 weeks of just solid, straight, making lifestyle changes, exercising. Uh, I appreciate one of the things that Dr. Sam said to me as he was reviewing my report. He said, you know, Carl, before age 30, exercise is optional. After age 30, pretty much six of those seven days that end in Y, you've got to get that heart rate up there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and tell us a little bit, too. Um, I was talking to Olga um, a few weeks back about this, and this doctor can look at reports. When you guys first started doing this, he can look at reports and he can say, oh, it looks like this guy had a cardiac event two years ago, or it looks like he changed his lifestyle a year ago and things started getting better. This almost sounds unbelievable. I mean, can you share some of that those stories like that? Yeah, no, there's, uh, you know, so I've done over 200 now and so I'm really accustomed to reading the reports. And and so there's been some of our patients uh, we've looked that totally just surprised me. And then we would run them by Dr. Sam just to say, okay, take a look at this. And uh, and he would kind of read through the report and go, oh, looks like she's had a broken heart syndrome. And sure enough, I mean, she's had some significant stressors, otherwise healthy appearing uh, looking uh, patient, uh, no obvious clinical signs, no obvious labs that were indicating. And so, you know, his ability uh, to read these reports was really uncanny. And, and we kind of learned up, learned uh, how to read some of these subtle underlying things. And then I've also had some uh, surprising reports where I fully anticipate and expect that I would see things and I, and I didn't. Um, and then I'm a classic example where he said, Carl, you're the example of a skinny Winnie, but that's not what's going on inside your heart. Well, I got to be honest with you. When you shared when you shared your results with me, I was I was surprised. I mean, you know, by looking at you from the outside, it doesn't you, you know, um, it, you, you don't you're not overweight. Um I don't follow you around to see what you eat, but I assume that you eat pretty well. And I thought that you stayed pretty active. So, you know, um, but then again, your family history does play a lot into that, that we can't change, but tell us what you can change because you made some changes and I got to be honest with you, Carl, I was a little skeptical about, you know, that this report could make any change, could show changes this early. Cause that's great news. Cause, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You don't want to wait two years to find out if it was working or not. So share, share your results with this. Yeah. So and and you know honestly, when the report came out, um, you know I, I had to do kind of a, a gut check and go, okay, let's say I've got a sixteen-year-old full-time son at home, single dad, and I've been eating more like a sixteen-year-old. Um, so okay. I've had to ch change, and thus he's had to change, yep. and then. 
as I looked at my exercise tracker, okay, uh, so that was also another gut check. So I had really, even though I'd been maintaining my weight and eating like a 16 year old, <laughs> it just, it all caught up with me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let me go to that report and, uh, so, th- so when we get this report, um, and, and I'll just explain it as if I'm explaining it to a patient, um, I let them know your test number, we, we test you five times. So in this case, I was 61 through 65. These are the millions that have gone into the artificial intelligence data bank. And from this, then we get this report. Um, this is the date stamp, 24th of February. My staff that, that are trained to do this, they make sure the reports are at least marginal to good. And then we come over here and we want to find out, do we have local small vessel ischemia or do we have large vessel ischemia? So keep in mind, and this is what I explain to patients, 75% of our vessels are about the diameter of hair. So it's not going to take much for ischemia, meaning lack of oxygen to that vessel, thus to the heart muscle. So in this case, I had no small vessel disease but I had large vessel disease, which is not what I wanted to see. And then the severity score is what we take a look at. So if we're getting up to a 10 plus, we're getting to the point where something is pending, it's going to happen, and we want to start reversing it before it becomes irreversible. So what we don't know, Sean, is how quick does it go from a 6 to an 8 to a 10? I don't want to wait around and find out. Of course not. Um, you know, my whole my whole purpose for getting this was I want to prevent heart attacks, in not only my patients but myself. So that was a wake up. I'm gonna scroll down, and unfortunately, the way this is, uh, it, it, it's a little bit confusing that this it's everything's sideways. But the first thing I noted was the myocarditis in three of the five markers. So we're looking at the positives. So I've got some kind of acute injury that has happened in the last year to 18 months. Um, and, you know, we can talk about what that was from. But before we do that, I also come down here to what's called these physiopathological conditions. And this myocardial muscle, heart muscle remodeling tells me that I've got this acute chronic condition with my heart. Now, I can tell you from looking at this screen that this, uh, this next column here, you see the decreased myocardial compliance? Yes. I- five to five. So that tells me I've got stiffening of the heart muscle or stiffening of the, of the vessels. And then if I come over here, this tells me it's the left anterior descending artery or thus the basically the, the widowmaker artery. So that was uh, one of my aha moments that, okay, this is not good at all. I've got this acute power failure. Now, this is something that uh, you know, also woke me up because this has to do with mitochondria dysfunction or uh, I, I throw this term out and it's amazing how even in this day, MTHFR is still kind of a, what is that? Never heard of that yeah. mutation. Um, now this was, this was my fault. And Dr. Sam said, okay, Carl, you've known you've had this mutation now since 2018. And how come you stopped taking your biomethylfolate? And I said, I just got tired of taking it about a year ago. So I've started retaking that because you need that biomethylfolate if you've got that MTHFR mutation. Um, So that will be corrected. And then I come back up here to the pathological conditions. 
The cardiomyopathy was a dead giveaway that 90% of the time, Sean, this is related to lifestyle. This is saying, hey, what are you doing as far as eating? What are you doing as far as exercise? So that was that was my time I had to confess. Um, now, 10% of the time, it can be related to alcohol overconsumption. So those that's when we'll start asking more questions about that. Um, overall, myocardial damage is five of five. And what that's showing is that probably all those small muscle groups are starting to say, hey, we're not getting enough oxygenation. So uh, we'll start to see this reverse as well. And then um, we already talked about, you know, the pulmonary's right side, rheumatics, left side, congenital is saying the valves are also having some issues. And then there's ventricular hypertrophy, which is an enlargement of the heart. So this is my report from uh, February. And then I redid it just uh, two days ago. So the, the exciting thing about the updated report was, indeed, I'm already seeing changes. So now let me go and share the screen. Some of the takeaways from this is um, it's nice to see that you can, you can see something so early and, and make changes um, before an event happens. It's also a reminder just before we get into your results that, um, you know, whether you have a family history or not, some people want to wash their hands of, of, of um, their lifestyle and say, well, I've got a family history of it, so heck with it. But this is proof. Wow, look at those results. This is proof that whether you have a family history or not, or you have something going on, you can, you can reverse these, these problems. Yeah, that that's absolutely, you know, that's the key right there. And one of the things uh, that I've, I'm so excited about having this is I've had some people go, oh, you're trying to scare patients. I'm like, no, use a different terminology. I'm trying to compel patients. There this, you go. This compelled me to wake up, Carl, make some lifestyle changes. Right. So much, so many diseases, Sean, as you know, are reversible. Yeah. Um, we no longer have to identify, oh, I'm diabetic. Oh, I have heart disease. That's not right. your identity. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, when I got these results back, uh, my whole team was just like, woo. <laughs> so, that, so that, that is super cool. I mean, and you know, you, you and I had been communicating over the last, you know, eight, 12 weeks during this process. And, you know, you've been sharing some of your stories about making the lifestyle changes. And I, I, I was excited to see these results too. And like I said, I was a little bit skeptical. I didn't think there would be changes so quick. And it's just, it's a reminder how resilient our bodies are and adaptive. If we give them the right tools, they will work. It, the body works. Absolutely. The body is amazing how it can yep. heal itself. And so, yeah, no, so, so here's my, you know, I've got some, uh, present both local and global, but uh, the severity score is what dropped from six to two. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I'm motivated to keep going. Right. Um, and then the key, you know, there's still some pluses that are showing up, um, but the cardiomyopathy scores are starting to drop. Yep. Um, myocardial damage uh, is still going to be there for quite a while. But the key thing was here's this one uh, key marker, global asynchrony pointing to lead five, all those drop. That's my Widowmaker artery. The stiffness, all those dropped. Um, 
And then the power failure is still there. But I talked to Dr. Sam about that. And he said, Carl, that's going to be 18 months uh, to get that to totally heal. So, uh, but even he, even he looked at this and, and was very impressed with uh, the changes. Uh, but again, it just, I was very motivated to, uh, you know, I want to be around for my grandkids. I want to be around for and be active with them, not sit on the couch and have to watch them. Right. Know? Right. Um, the ventricular hypertrophy is was completely gone. Oh yes, yes. So that, yeah, I saw so. that, and which probably means later on the power, your heart's the power is going to come back. You know, your right. heart is no longer enlarging to try to compensate for 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 you know poor blood flow. So your power is going to eventually come back. And so I just thought about it in my mind, and you know, in some ways. I'm surprised, but really we shouldn't be surprised because think about our heart and our cardiovascular system, whether it be our vessels or our actual heart, it's no different than our strided muscle, our our biceps, our triceps, whatever. And if you go to the gym for eight weeks and work your arms or whatever body part, you will get stronger and your muscles will develop. So why should we not think that that would happen with our, with our cardiovascular system? Seriously. Absolutely. Genesis. Exactly. It's the term yeah. where, so, you know, so, I mean, it's yeah. kind of an aha moment for me just now thinking, I don't know why I'm skeptical because I know enough about training and working our, our strided muscle that why is our cardiovascular muscle different? Right. It, right. It, it's probably not. So I, I would say it's the best, you know, so people have uh, kind of balked at the 400 or $500 cost and I'm going, no, it's the best insurance. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I'd rather spend that than spend 60,000, 70,000 to have a heart attack if I survive the heart attack. If, if you live. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and let, let's be honest, $60,000 is um, conservative. I mean, honestly, it's going to be a $300,000 bill and that's a whole other story, but right. also the long-term complications and the medications you're on and all that. Oh, yeah. Why not yeah. prevent it? 400 bucks. It's, it's cheap insurance. Yeah. It's cheap insurance. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us about the myocarditis and what you think is going on with your myocarditis and explain how you're catching some of these myocarditis in patients. Yeah. So the myocarditis, um, definitely, you know, we've seen such an uptick of myocarditis that, uh, and I spoke about it back in January where prior to 21 myocarditis rates were just so rare. I mean, four and one million cases. Now it's gone up to twenty five thousand and one million. And there's argument and discussion about what is causing this, right? Um, and you know, we always have to kind of look at um, when we're looking at someone's history. You know, what has changed since January of twenty one, medication wise? Um, have you gotten any new injections? Those kind of things. We have to ask all those all those questions. Um, now, in my case, I mean, myocarditis is inflammation of the heart muscle. And where did I pick mine up? Um, there's been a lot of discussion about did it come from COVID? I've read articles where they've uh, they've looked at all the autopsies of folks that died from true COVID and they did not find myocarditis. So mm. I have a hard time convincing myself that mine came from getting the COVID infection. Did it come from something else? Um you know, I, I don't know how controversial you want to get here on, on this uh, topic. I just want you to be honest. There's the, con- there's the concept of shedding and transmitting. Yeah, I've heard it. Dr. Peter McCullough talks about it. 
Right, right. And yeah, even within the Pfizer documents I've read, um, I've got some documents, December 2019, where the Pfizer documents talk about the potential shedding through exosomes, breathing, sexual intimacy, breast milk. So is it possible that my myocarditis has come from shedding? Uh, you know, I work with a lot of vaccinated folks and, uh, you know, it's just a question mark that I have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something we we should ask and 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 uh, we need to know. And it's something that you probably look for when you when you treat these patients and you ask them those questions so you can treat them appropriately. Right. And, I, you know, and I have seen a greater number of my vaccinated folks with myocarditis. Uh, and so then I have them do the homework of, OK, put your lot number into this website where you can find out, you know, your batch number. And did it come from a complications? And I had one patient recently say, yeah, my first batch had 10 percent complication risk. The second batch had 7 percent complication risk. Well, that is way too high. Right. 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 Topic for a whole nother podcast. A whole nother podcast. Right. So Olga, when I was uh, talking to her a few weeks ago in your office, she was discussing how um, you guys can look at these cardiovascular risk profiles now and you can tell if people have been on hormones or not. Um, tell us about that. Oh, yeah. No, that's... Uh, no, that's a huge factor too, and this is where uh, I'm competitive. I love competition. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I know if Dr. Sam's uh, heart attack rate is 1.2, I know Olga and I can beat that. Um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, and 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 hormones play a huge role. I mean, whether it's uh, oh, I mean, estradiol, estradiol for females, and how it prevents the deposit of amyloid plaques to the heart, to the brain. It helps with cholesterol. It's huge. And so we can see that in our patients that are on bioidentical hormones. It's, it's amazing. And, and, and men with testosterone? And in testosterone, yes. You know, what testosterone does for cardiac output for, for men is huge. Um, testosterone also, yeah, helps lower cholesterol, helps decrease the risk of diabetes. Um, so no, it's, uh, uh, you know, I should uh, challenge Dr. Sam. Okay, 1.2. I think we can go less than one. Go to less than one. Exactly. That's what I'd shoot for. About you. <laughs> so when I was discussing that with Olga, when she was discussing those results, you know, we were both, you know, very happy about that. And in some mm. ways we were surprised. But then I, I just reminded her, I mean, we weren't surprised, but we were like, wow, this is cool. We can see this. But you and I have been to the same hormone training seminars with Dr. Rosier. And this right. is what he teaches us. So right. we really shouldn't be surprised how beneficial hormones are for uh, for um, cardiovascular disease. Now, the traditional medical system, you're not taught that. In fact, there's bad studies out there that shows that, you know, testosterone causes heart attacks in men, estradiol or estrogen increases uh, of um, cardiovascular events in women. And th those are just totally debunked when you look at these, when you look at the results from these um, panels you're talking about. Right, right. No, it's, and it's great to have now this multifunction cardiogram that uh, really gives us more objective data than anything that's out there. Right, yeah. exactly. You know. So, Carl, as we wind this podcast up, um, tell us what you have a passion for. What do I have a passion for? I, you know, I am 
passionate about just wellness and prevention. The more I get into this, Sean, I mean, it's why I changed the name of the practice to Pacific Northwest Wellness. It's all about, it's all about wellness. Um, and so I, I just, you know, seeing people's lives change and really just empowering them to be able to make those changes. Yep. You know, Olga and I are not the, the go-to people. It's like just reminding them that, no, you you have, Absolutely. reminding your patients, you have the power within you to heal. Yep. We're not the go-to people. I, I love it. I love it. And, you know, the goal of our podcast um, and the goal of our pharmacy, you know, that we've been doing it for 25 years is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. Um, like you say, you and I, we, we talk to them an hour a month at the best, you know, but they're with themselves 24 hours a day. So we have to educate them so they have the tools to take charge of their own health. So I appreciate what you do, Carl. You are making changes in people's lives. Really love it. <clears throat> what I would like to do sometime is uh, get my own cardio, cardio uh, uh, MCG test done. I'm a yeah. little nervous about it because I, but hopefully it'd be good, you know? Um, and I don't know what I would change because I think I do pretty well, but then maybe I, I do need to make some changes. And um, what about setting this up? Is this a, a portable thing where you could do it in other cities around the, um, the, the Northwest? Yeah, we can, no, we can easily transport it. Uh, like we want to do set up a, a place at Moses Lake and, and do multifunction cardiograms. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be awesome. Well, here's your uh, website for Pacific Northwest uh, Wellness and your phone number up there. And if anybody needs to get a hold of you, that's the best way. And Carl, I so appreciate you being on today. Um, you've definitely helped realize our goal, which is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. Thank you so much, Carl. Hey, you're welcome. Have a great day, Sean. All right. Thank you, listeners and viewers, for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Monday, our regularly scheduled podcast, 1230 to 130 Pacific Standard Time. Thank you so much for tuning in.